lovely listeners. I'm Janine Strong, and this is Keeping It Real with Janine, your guide to living an authentic, healthy life. I know my conversation today with Lon, that's L-O-N, is going to be fun, informative, and perhaps it just might be life-changing. Lon is an internationally acclaimed sacred geometry artist. Her work is just beautiful, by the way. She's the creator of two oracle decks and author of Modern Merlin, Uncover Your Magic Powers. Modern Merlin takes complex topics such as magic, manifestation, multidimensionality, and energy and makes sense of how and why things are the way they are and how you can begin using your magic deliberately and skillfully to be in full co-creation with the universe. Sound fascinating? Do I have you hooked yet? (laughs) We've all experienced magic at one time or another, perhaps as synchronicity or an inexplicable coincidence. But the truth is, magic can be found within each of us. And Lon is here to help us find our personal magic and the best version of ourselves. You know, the topic of magic is certainly not foreign to me, but I really love your, uh, oh, how shall I say it? The, the, the perspective that you come to it with, I think is very multidimensional. And uh, I think that's really important because often I see like the secret, you know, that, that there's something missing in those things. If you're just thinking about attracting something to you, it, and it doesn't work, it may be because you have an underlying negative belief about yourself that prevents you from actually being able to fulfill that desire. And so anyway, I think that what you have done, it really covers a multitude of of areas that are important in you know creating the best version of ourselves. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, I, you know, I think that that um, you mentioned the secrets, and I think all those books and all those uh, things that came out, which was a, was a while ago, right? Um, I don't, mm-hmm. And I think for the time, they did a tremendous good thing for all of us because they brought to our attention the possibility that we might actually be more at the core of what's going on in our lives than we were aware of. So I think they laid the, 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 the ground, the grounding right for all of that and mm-hmm. i think now because we are years and years later our our consciousness collectively has expanded i think we're capable of of taking it even further and i feel like that's that's what i've done i think if you're familiar with the work of the secret which was amazing at the time then i'm kind of mm-hmm. my former husband was in the oh. secret so and i was there when they were filming a lot right. of it so right yeah <laughs> And I'm actually with the publishing uh, house, uh, Beyond Word Publishing, and they they published The Secret at the time. Right. Yeah, I lived about a half a mile from Beyond <laughs> In Words. In Oregon, right. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Um, I know, lots of, lots of synchronicities yeah. here. So, Lon, would you start by... Um, telling us a little bit about yourself, your background, how you how you came to be a, a, a sacred geometry yeah. artist. Um, I was born and raised in the Netherlands or Holland, as most people know it. So a very small country. And because it's so small, 
you actually have to go beyond your your borders. Um, there's there's no choice because if you take four steps mm. to the right or six steps to the north or the south, you hit a border. <laughs> it's really small. Like seriously, wow. my whole country fits probably in. I don't even know for sure, but it's it's it definitely fits in California. You know, you would have still space left here. Uh-huh. So. It was a small country, um, but very expensive. Like there was a lot of openness about new things. And so we were always kind of curious in in our nature, I think, Dutch people. Um, I was was a very sensitive child, a highly sensitive, intuitive child. But I grew Mm -hmm. up in a time... um, where in in holland holland is very down to earth the mentality it's very much like oh just you know just do your normal thing and there so there wasn't a lot of room for very um how how shall we call it maybe more metaphysical kind of thoughts right so so my parents Mm -hmm. weren't weren't Mm -hmm. uh, uh, they weren't into that at all so i don't think they really recognized nor did they know really what to do with me because um i would pick up on things that they didn't understand and my whole childhood Mm -hmm. i would hear about you know oh you're just imagining things like I'll give you an example. I would always mm-hmm. be able to pick up when when I would meet somebody for the first time or somebody would be visiting at the house. I could feel them. I could always mm-hmm. feel like mm. um, whether they were in pain or whether they were angry or happy or sad. And I, I just was really sensitive to all of that. And um, and I didn't understand that. I mean, as a small child, you don't get it. So, right. And if your parents right. don't get it either. They can't help to guide you. I think I think children these days are are lucky in that a lot of their parents understand uh, a lot of the metaphysical yes. spiritual aspect of our of our beingness and are more likely to encourage those kinds of right. gifts. Yes, I agree. I think at least we have caught on with some sort of a notion that we um that we can pick up on other people, right? So, mm-hmm. so that, that's, mm-hmm. yeah, that would have helped me because I ended up picking up so much from other people and not knowing. So I was very confused. I was very scared. Um, mm-hmm. um, and I spent a lot of time just in my inner world and just hiding it for, for the rest and for my parents and for my family and my friends, because I, they made me feel like I was crazy. So, um, yeah, it's a I shame. know, because at, at the core of that was, was my harmonizing nature. I, I would always be drawn to, I would immediately feel in people like I would want to put my hands on, on a part of their body because it felt like, oh, it's hurting there or something is going on there. Or I would feel like, oh, maybe you need a hug, you know, but also mm-hmm. environments. <laughs> I could walk mm-hmm. into a house and go like, oh, if we just move this around a little bit and get rid of this, it would feel better inside here. So I always had a very harmonizing nature and that brought me um, to graphic design. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause I was always like moving things around, um, making lots of collages as a child, like, you know, what we now call vision boarding, probably, you know, you take a magazine and you cut out pictures and you put them together in a way mm-hmm. that are aesthetically pleasing to the eye. So I would do that. And so when it was time for me to start thinking about what do you want to do when you grow up, that question, right? (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I like I had no idea and the only thing that I could think of is like well I, I like pictures and I like images so I went to art school I I went okay. to art school and I fell in love with graphic design because that was a way for me to express a lot of things that I was feeling and I could express people's vision and dreams and desires and so I did art school and from there I went into corporate marketing design and I did really well there but it wasn't a mm-hmm. it wasn't like it wasn't like a big passion at that point and then in the 90s I came across pictures of crop circles and mm-hmm. I don't know mm-hmm. if you've ever seen crop circles and for oh I, yes in fact I've been I, the other day I was looking at a, a site or it was tele, I, Telegram, I can't remember now, but I, I they've gotten much more complex oh. than uh, when I first started looking at crop circles in the 70s and 80s. I mean, they're really amazing. Right. And, and to go back to where we were just talking about, like how our consciousness has developed and can now, um, can just now hold and understand um, a, a, an expanded version, right? Because we, I think it's mm-hmm. the same with crop circles. But to go back, because when I mm. saw crop circles, there was something inside of me that went like, oh, this is so cool. I, the designs to me were so beautiful and so complex. And the mathematical complexity and intricacy and, and, and all the, you know, that made me excited. So I started taking those crop circles and putting them in line art and just kind of coloring them in, giving them... Oh, right. And then I noticed that I got all these feelings inside of me when I was working on them. And I started thinking like, well, regardless of who makes the crop circles or where they're coming from, I would assume that everyone has a different kind of message because why would you otherwise vary in what they look like, right? Right. Makes so sense. I started mm-hmm. thinking like, well, what if it's a language? What if we can use it as a language? So mm-hmm. I started trying okay. it out. Like, what if I can visualize and, and put together um, concepts? Like, what if I can visualize healing? What would that look like? Oh, right? okay. And, mm-hmm. Or love mm-hmm. or intimacy mm-hmm. or you name it, right? There's so many concepts. Mm-hmm. And I started trying that out. And then I showed it to other people and they got it. They were really excited about it. And oh. they were like, oh, this is amazing. And, and then one day, um, someone asked me, like, can you draw me that way? And I'm like, oh, wow, oh. I never tried that. I'm like, yeah, let's try that. So one of my first soul portraits, because I call them soul portraits now, but one of my first images that I made of, of a really good friend of mine um, it was me tuning in, in into their energy, into their, you know, all the things that I've been doing since I was a child. Like I can feel it and I can see who they are. I, I get a sense of their essence. Oh, that's exciting. I'm getting chills, just so you know. That's exciting. <laughs> now, Lon, do you go into, do you feel like you go into uh, some type of an altered state at all or? When you're doing this? You know what? That's such an interesting question because I kind of feel like I live in that altered state. That's my normal. Mm-hmm. And to, mm-hmm. to connect okay. to the normal world with others is kind of for me going in an altered state. So I've, I 
So, mm-hmm. so to answer your question, like, yes, I'm sure, I'm sure I do. It is definitely switching modes of consciousness, right? It's, it's like mm-hmm. I deliberately have mm-hmm. to look for it. It's not that I, if I meet somebody that I see a picture right away, right? Mm-hmm. I have to look okay. for it. Like, okay, what would that look like? What mm-hmm. would that feel like? Um, so that's, I, I made so many of those. And I, I took so many concepts because I started to realize, because I don't just make an image. I also write about it. So if I make an image. That makes sense because uh, it might be, we all might interpret differently. And, and so since you're making the image, it would be, yeah, I can see where it'd be very helpful that you are also interpreting what you're, what you're getting. Yeah, exactly. And I also realized that there is so much that determines our reality and our lives that are that are concepts that we have just taken for granted often, you know, like, like, let's go back right. to that whole concept mm-hmm. of healing. And I actually just addressed it last week in my um, in my weekly newsletter and on my Instagram account, like we have to go back into what we believe is important for our health and for our healing. Like we don't even realize mm-hmm. it because okay. a lot of um, definitions of these concepts are actually at the foundation of how we understand our reality. And, and, and often we don't even change those definitions. You know, we, we just mm-hmm. take them for granted. And oh, Well, are you saying when you say we don't change those definitions, is, are you saying that as we evolve, our definitions aren't evolving right. also? Is, is Sometimes. That what you're I mean, I feel like in, in a lot of ways, um, like, like health, Right. I, I mean, we are now entering a, a, a state in our human evolution, I think, where we have to start recognizing and implementing in our in our healthcare industry also that our health is determined by much more than just our physical state of being. Right. Right. Absolutely. And that our emotional mm-hmm. and probably mm-hmm. even spiritual state of being has a profound effect on that health as well. So we have to, mm-hmm. we have to grow. Yes. So, but as long as we don't change the definition of what, what health looks like or what our healing could, could mm-hmm. look like, we keep ourselves stuck in that, in that box. Right. So, so it sounds also like beliefs are, our beliefs are evolving and oh, changing. Yes. Yeah. Right. So then as our beliefs are evolving and changing, that would affect our reality and what we think. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I mean, just think back in, in human evolution, like um, there was a time where we didn't really understand science and, and, and even the galaxy and uh, our planet the way we do now. Right. And we thought that that sunrises were, were magic and, and we would, Mm -hmm. we would make offerings and pray to, you know, to make sure that that, ball of warmth and energy would rise again um and it was something very mysterious and now we know how that works and why right and now it's not mysterious anymore and now it's not really even magical anymore although it does evoke those magical feelings but right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so um to go back to your question and i'm sorry it became such a long story but um 
that's okay. So at some point I had so many of these images that I, that people around me also were like, you have to do something with it. And then somebody suggested like, why don't you make it into an Oracle deck? And honestly, I had never even thought about mm-hmm. that. I never even thought about how does one create an Oracle deck? What does it take? Right. Mm-hmm. And I, Yep, that sounds like me with starting the podcast. Uh, I hadn't thought of it until it just popped right. into my head. Yeah, well, felt felt like somebody was like putting the thought in my head, and then I was, I had no idea, you know, <laughs> how to even do something yeah. like that. <laughs> I started counting, and I'm like, so how many cards would go into an oracle deck? And and you can vary that, you know, 33, 44, whatever number mm-hmm. you like. And I'm like, well, I like 44, and I and I looked, and and I had well over 30 something images already with concepts and writing and i'm like ah this could work and then like well how does one publish an oracle deck right (laughs) that was Mm -hmm. that was another good question Mm -hmm. and so i decided like well you know what i'm gonna just have myself divinely guided um i'm just gonna ask somebody so i went to my um to my bookcase and i just took out the first book that that draw my attention drew my attention and I looked on the mm-hmm. back and I decided like I'm just going to call that number and I'm just going to ask them I'm going to ask them like <laughs> I'm like hey I want to be published can you just point me in the right direction how do I find an agent to help me because I had no idea mm-hmm. and uh the book that I took out of the out of my bookcase was uh, Richard Bartlett um, a- um Matrix Energetics <laughs> I was I was yeah, that's so funny because in reading your book, that was the first thing I thought of really? was Richard. Um, yeah, my uh, that's actually how my husband and I met was at Matrix Energetics, and he was already a volunteer staff person. And then when I came on board, we were both volunteer staff, and we were both catchers. Right. Um, for those who have never been to Matrix Energetics, Richard would tune into a person and they would, uh, how do I want to say it? Tune they out would, for a minute. <laughs> uh, tune out. Yeah. Yeah. And they would fall mm-hmm. backwards and drop. So somebody had to be there to catch them so they wouldn't crash onto the floor. And that was one of the things we did. I, I think I was probably went to about 18 different seminars. It was one of the most fun times of my life. It was such, uh, you know, Richard was awesome. And it was like an extended family. And uh, in fact, I, I was just connected with Stephanie Greenall. She's a chiropractor who was part of the staff. And we talked on uh, Skype for, oh my gosh, for an hour and a half. And we were both saying, you know, that was such a fun time. I wish uh, we could go back to that. <laughs> uh, that's amazing. I, I love all the synchronicities, don't you? Like you and I started talking and we yes, already have yes. all these. Yes. Talk about law of attraction. How how it all attracts each other when it has a similar vibration, right? Uh. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. That's so funny because when we were talking before we started, I was going to ask you if you had even heard of Matrix <laughs> Energetics. So here right. we are. Well, that brought me to my publisher. <laughs> and then I have another little side story that actually is going it, to, it's going to all bring us to the same point. Um, when I okay. was... Um, um, creating all these images. And before I had a publisher, I was in a bookstore one day and I came across the book um, Journey Journey of Love by the artist Razuli. 
and in collaboration with Richard mm. Cohen, and he had wrote, written the poems. And I fell in love with his book. Okay. Oh mm. my gosh, his art was just absolutely gorgeous, beautiful. I was obsessed. I bought the book. What was the name of it again? Journey of Love. It is, um, it's like a coffee table book with beautiful images. And then it has, um, it has these, um, it has these poetic things that, that ties it all together. And I think what really mm -hmm. got me is that in the, in the intro, it talked about that the, the reader or, you know, the person that would look at the book would have a multidimensional experience. And that was like, oh my gosh, this was right up my alley. So I mm -hmm. actually connected, I wrote to Razuli, I emailed him and I um, included some of my images and I told him like how impressed I was with his work. And it turned out that he lived in Hollywood um, and I'm in Southern California. <sighs> so um, we ended up um, writing and then we ended up meeting for tea <laughs> in Hollywood And he showed me his images and he talked about his life and his amazing accomplishments worldwide. And I showed him some of my images and he said that he could feel the soul in my work. Oh, and, awesome. And he believed that I would be worldwide known at some point. And of course, mm -hmm. that gave me wings for the years to come. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So that day that I picked up the phone to call the publisher on the back of Richard Barber's book, this woman picked up the phone and her name was um, Michelle. And uh, the publishing company is Beyond Word Publishing. And mm -hmm. I said to them like, hey, um, I'm an artist. I work with sacred geometry. Have you ever heard of that? Do you like that? And she said like, yeah, we actually just have released a, a video with sacred geometry about sacred geometry and crop circles. <laughs> and it is by a Dutch person that did this. And I'm like, oh, interesting. Wow, isn't that weird? <laughs> so I told her what I had and she said like, yeah, sure. She's like, send it to me. So I send it um, off to her by snail mail still, you know, I printed it and I put it in an envelope and, and she called mm -hmm. me probably two days later on the phone and she was yelling and she's like, oh my gosh, she's like, we definitely want to represent you. Oh, cool. And then she put her husband on the line and his name was Richard. And <laughs> within a couple of minutes, Richard. Richard and I discovered that he was the Richard Cohen that had written the book with Razuli, the book that I so had fallen in love with a couple of wow. years before that. And Razuli <laughs> had actually talked to him about this really talented young woman that came to visit him that had these beautiful images. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. Right? So wow. When, when we discovered that, I knew right away that they were going to be my publisher. Um, Because, yeah, that just, wow. I mean, and Richard and I still talk about that. How, and we still, actually, we cried together about it. Like, oh. in, like in the joyous, just overwhelmed with the sacredness sometimes of how our lives have intertwined. <laughs> right, right. And how we are just guided, just guided It, by the universe, right? Right. And, and I want the listeners to really get that this isn't just you. It, this can, this can be for everyone. You just, yeah. you really need to ask and then follow the guidance that you get, you and know, but you attention. really want to be out of your, you really want to be out of your, <laughs> oh, well, I'll say it. You want to be out of your mind. Actually, this is what really made me think, 
Oh, I wonder if she knows about matrix energetics, about dropping down into your heart, because that's where you want to be. I've always said, and I think Richard had said this, or maybe it was someone else, but that, you know, to make decisions with your mind, that's not the place. That That's not the place to, to guide you because you can justify anything that comes up in your mind. But right. when you drop into your heart, that's a whole different story. That's the connection with your soul, with the universe, with, right. with who you truly are. Yes, and that, and anyone can do that. You know, you, you've had, uh, I mean, you're such an awesome, inspiring example of following, you know, following your heart, uh, following the little threads and, and actually doing it. I mean, I know my, I have a team, a spiritual team, and when I act on the information they give me, I just get so much more. But they and me get frustrated when I, you know, I get the information and I just kind of ignore it. <laughs> right. Well, we're still we're still human, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I have a I have a little saying that I have standing here um, um, on on my wall, actually in the kitchen, and it says, "Don't believe everything you think." <laughs> Absolutely. I think that everybody should have that. Everybody right. should have that, right? Yeah. Question, be curious. Yes. Um, and then pay attention. I think it's a yeah. lot to do. I mean, the way I live is is now, you know, through everything that I've learned and all my experiences and all my work is that I pay attention to every little thing, everything that shows up, anybody that talks to me in a day, like, okay, what was the message there? What was mm -hmm. there to take away for me? Um, you know, even and, and, and I pay attention to my own moods. Like what triggers me? When do I get mm -hmm. reactive? When do mm -hmm. I and, and I just constantly loop that back into into you know, into my inner world to try to see like what's there that I should be looking at, that I should be right. I call it like walking and living my life with a spiritual um, shovel on my shoulder. That's how I go around. And if I come across something that triggers me, it's time to stop, take out, uh, take off my spiritual shovel and start digging. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's a great analogy. I think of it as it, it's like the, the, it's such a great uh, gift to, to do this. And, and for most of us, uh, it, it does take some practice, but to be able to kind of, stand behind yourself, you know, a part of you or on your shoulder or whatever. And, mm. you know, like sometimes the other day I was so angry and I was like, wow, isn't that interesting? You know, I'm watching, I'm in, in the throes of being angry and watching myself be angry and mm. noticing with curiosity that, wow, look at how triggered I got, you know? And I think that's an important skill for everyone to develop. It helps you to become less reactive and more, um, what's the other word? Oh, I'm having a moment uh, where instead of being reactive, you're responding. That's oh, the responsive. word I want. Right. Yeah. Yes. So yeah, instead of just being reactive, you're actually consciously being responsive. But it, it generally takes learning how to see yourself uh, as you're reacting or responding and so that it's a more conscious process. Yeah. It's kind of like living, living like as, as your own observer. Yes. Uh, mm -hmm. And that's, that's a good word because, um, because when I say, yeah, when I say detachment, 
I don't mean like don't detachment in the sense like detach yourself from feeling. It's more detached from. It's more being being the observer at the same time. Correct. Yes, and, that's how that I sense. think of it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, how do you help us find our best version of ourselves? How does your How does your work do that? Well, um, my book Modern Merlin came out in December, and that basically is is tying it all together for me. Everything that I have learned and understand and experienced and and figured out how it all connects. So my art, how that is a language, how it is a language that our souls and our innate just understands intuitively. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That brings us in the in the realm of multidimensional and multidimensionality. Um, understanding that I as a child was already just really attuned to that multidimensional realm, meaning like mm-hmm. everything that is going on outside of the very obvious and loud three-dimensional world so everything in the in the realm of subtle energies and intuitive thought and creative thinking and visions and dreams um so i put that all together and i realized like we have to shift our paradigm it kind of goes back to where i started realizing like that we have so many concepts at the foundation of what we understand about reality mm-hmm. that um, we need to shift that because the paradigm that we're working in is is no longer um, current in in what we actually know scientifically even you know science right. by now has has proven that that quantum is is not just something out there right the quantum right. world i mean quantum science has taught us that um that everything is energy like everything right mm-hmm. and they don't teach you that in school they don't know te- isn't that crazy i know <clears throat> they don't teach you that so they don't teach you that that your words and your thoughts and your intents that all of that holds energy it all holds a vibration and that mm-hmm. vibration has an impact on what's going on around you because everything around you is energy as well right so there's a constant inter- interaction and they don't teach you that so no wonder that we feel kind of lost and and confused mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. now lon so do you use vibration and frequency would you use that interchangeably or do you see those as two separate things i kind of i think i use them interchangeably Okay. Do you? Do you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I used I, to. I used to keep them separate, but I think it's really saying the same thing. Yeah. Now that you're mentioning it, I'm. I'm feeling into it. It's. It's got a little bit of a different flavor to it. Right. Um. They're definitely connected. Yeah. Yes. I, I'm just. I'm not sure if they're. I think we can. I think you and I can move forward in this conversation and just agreeing on that. We kind of we used to, yeah. We mean the same thing with that, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. Because I think one of the things that really needs to, I mean, I'll I'll go a step further with all of this. That you know, I think that as human beings on planet Earth, that as a group, we have to raise our frequency. We have to raise our energy, and 
And we need to do that because in order to join the other races, the other uh, uh, civilizations on other planets, we have to have a higher frequency. Mm, yeah. In order to join our, our larger family. I Yes, yes. And see, I'm I'm very scientific oriented. I'm I'm kind of a nerd at heart. I love <laughs> like when you say something like that, I immediately go like, okay, so how do you do that? What does that look like, right? Because mm-hmm. because I agree with it. I agree with it. But that leaves um, many of us thinking like, well, yeah, that's something for somebody that is really skilled, right? So so what I tried to do with Modern Merlin is to bring a lot of these concepts um, and to bring it in a very, very simple language with lots of daily um, examples so that everybody starts realizing like we can all raise our vibration. We can all tap into those magical powers that we then get access to if we do that or when we do that. And Mm -hmm. so, I mean, what would you say that raising your vibration entails? Well, um, I, part of it is is being out of fear, you know, um, a- anger. It's it's more being in your heart, and as much as possible coming from a place of compassion, acceptance, empathy, um, love, and right. it's yeah. just from my understanding is that as long as we are a planet of violence, that we cannot join our larger family because they are all peaceful planets. Right. Who would want to have that, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, don't I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> it's so, just like on a personal level, I don't want to be around people who are violent or who are, are always angry, manipulative. You know, I don't want to have that kind of energy in my life. No, I, I don't either. Yeah. So the way I would describe it is that that we are all made of energy and and we mm-hmm. we have an energy bubble around us that is formed mm-hmm. by our ways of being and our ways of being is a combination of the thoughts that we think and the feelings that we feel. So it's kind of what you're saying, right? The thoughts that we think, which is our mind, and the mm-hmm. feelings that we feel, which is our heart. Mm-hmm. So when those two are in alignment, we call that coherence also when they start kind of vibrating at the same rate when they're aligned mm-hmm. when they are mm-hmm. in synchronicity right for many people it's it's not that way right you you cannot have um you cannot go around like thinking like oh um being angry the whole day and at the same time wanting to be a peaceful person but if you are out there in traffic yelling at somebody that does something that irritates you or you're, um, you know, or you're getting mad at somebody in the supermarket or the next door neighbor's dog, then that's not going to be aligned. And so we have to start realizing like how much of our being, meaning like everything that we are, like what we think, what we do, what we intend, what we dream, what we say, all of that together creates our vibration. So when mm-hmm. we speak about achieving a higher vibration, we speak about having all those areas, all those aspects to be 
in alignment. Mm -hmm. So here's a question for you. Yeah. What what do you do when you encounter someone who um maybe well, okay, here's an example. I, I don't wear a mask. I I think I've had a mask on maybe two hours these whole couple of years. I will wear a clear face shield if I have to. Um, but I want people to see me smile. I I, mm. I don't I don't like what masks represent. In in fact it, it really really makes me angry. But anyway, so when I go into a store, lately I've been just going in without uh without a even a face shield I, with nothing on my face because I do have a medical exemption. And so I just say I have a medical exemption and they leave me alone. But sometimes people will give me, well, it's kind of hard to tell because they've got a mask on. So <clears throat> I'm not getting their full expression, but, you know, uh, or, uh, you know, I'll get some kind of a negative reaction. And rather than, you know, get my hackles up, I just go, oh, interesting. You know, so I kind of use interesting, isn't that interesting? Or, oh, isn't that an interesting response? Or something so that I can, <clears throat> excuse me, remain neutral and not react to, you know, whatever is going on with the other person. That's just one example. But, you know, I think you get the idea. Yes. Um, I'd, I'd like to believe that we all do the best that we can with the knowledge and the experience that we've had. So, you know, I, I have to say, I used to think that, and I'm not so sure anymore. (laughs) I'm still gonna, I'm still going to approach (laughs) people mostly um, from that viewpoint. So if somebody, Mm -hmm. if somebody is really reactive to me in a store, I just try to smile and I try to, I try to be respectful. I try to be respectful Mm -hmm. to their opinion, but I do would like them to do the same for me. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And sometimes I have to remove myself or I have to take a really deep breath and count to 10 and remind myself like that they're probably coming from a place of fear or a place of Mm -hmm. of just not knowing and Mm -hmm. you know what what really helps it helps to see people as as children and to Mm. kind of see them as like okay if they were all my children and they were like five and six year olds and they were just you know they didn't really know yet what they were doing and they're just scared then as Mm -hmm. a parent because i am a parent it would be much easier to tap into my compassion than if i view them as an adult even though they are so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I, I try to stay there because, I, you know, I mean, especially lately, I cannot always control my circumstances, but right. I can control how I stand in there, right? I can control right. my perspective. I can do something about me and maintaining my balance, no matter how crazy it gets around me. Right. You can control how you respond, even though you can't control the situation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's all we're responsible for. Right. So if I notice that I get more reactive or I get more irritated, that's for me a sign like, okay, I got to meditate more. I got to spend more time by myself. I got to take more walks. Maybe I need to go on a cleanse. So right now I'm on a cleanse. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm very diligent about my meditation in the morning and all that helps me. And right. that makes me feel empowered as well, because that is something that I can do. 
-hmm. can't change anybody else's attitude or opinion or so. Right. Yeah. I, you know, and it's, it's interesting because meditation has come up like constantly in my podcast conversations. And I think that is something that everyone can do in things like yoga or Tai Chi or Qigong or some sort of movement with intention that brings you into the now that, that helps to center you and, and, and keep you focused on the now instead of being fearful about what the future may bring or, <clears throat> excuse me, focusing on the past. Uh, I think all of these can help us to maintain a, um, oh, how do I want to say, you, you know, a, a bit of stability, much more stability. And a high our, vibration, right? Yes, high. and a higher vibration, yes. Yes. Yeah, mm -hmm. so so in my book, I refer to that as um, going inward and going into mm -hmm. perceptual mode. And perceptual mode meaning like you're changing your perception um, from perceiving just the outer and the external world into mm -hmm. like changing your perception to perceiving what's going on inside of you. And also pointing out that to to get in to be integrated as a human being in these new times that are a combination of the physical world and the multidimensional world we have to do both right we have to function in the outer world externally that right. is mostly three-dimensional mm -hmm. but we also have to integrate our inner world because that's going to help us to to really create and flourish and and stay in balance and find find our peace and our joy I mean, mm -hmm. all those things, and I mean, it's a cliche that they always say that that money doesn't make you happy. And of course, we need enough to 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 meet our needs. But ultimately, our inner state of being is, is what's going to create our happiness and our well-being. And that inner right. state of being is, we, the world already says it, right? We can find that inside. So... Mm -hmm. I like to say, I like to say money makes life easier, right. but it does not make you happier. <laughs> right. Absolutely. I totally agree with that. So meditation, I think a lot of people get kind of scared. Like if you've never meditated before, then it could feel very, um, it could be, could feel like a very big thing. Like, oh man, that's, that's not for me. So I, I, you know, I, I started on my Instagram account a couple of weeks ago. I started my one minute meditations. They're called Mar Merlin moments, one minute meditations. Oh, nice. mm -hmm. And what I want to do there, it's like, it's my art and I make it move. It's animated. It's got music and a lot of them have my voice as well. And it's mm. just an invitation for one minute to just slow down, take a couple of deep breaths and and tune in, like, how's your heart feeling? Like, how's mm -hmm. your breath? Like, mm -hmm. how are you doing? Just take a minute. We're so busy these days that, and even that is helping to bring you in balance. Mm -hmm. Well, now, Alon, you've piqued my interest. I haven't been on Instagram in a long time, but I am going <laughs> to check out your Instagram account. So why don't you right now oh. tell us what your Instagram handle or whatever you call it is? Yeah, it's called an Instagram handle. It is lawn underscore art. So it's kind of like a dash, but that dash that is like under yep. under there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So lawn art, L-O-N underscore okay. art. So I post, um, I post, post those, my Merlin, uh, my Merlin moments. And then I do a, a card of the week there. 
you know, all those, all those things to help us to just tune in, tune into our intuition, to tune into what's going on inside, to get in touch with um, our inner, uh, our inner world that actually might be much larger than what they have ever told us or taught us in school. Right. Right. How do you, uh, your Oracle decks, how, how do you see them being used in the, in the most, um, uh, well, I'll use a Richard Bartlett term in the most useful way. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, I call my Oracle decks, they're friends in the box and they give okay. you exactly what you would want to get from a friend. It's just some insight, some support, some, some cues so they, they're not predicting anything there's no negative so you can't do anything wrong it okay. is it's just an intuitive guidance system where you can draw one card or you can do you do could do a whole you could do a whole bunch of them you can do different readings different drawings but basically because they're all concepts it's an invitation so let's say that you are drawing a card and the card is authenticity so then mm -hmm. my invitation to you would be like, what does this concept mean to you in your life? Like, is it important? Um, do you consider yourself to be an authentic person? And who mm -hmm. else do you have in your life that is authentic? And maybe you know people or that are not authentic. And, mm -hmm. and, and how would you know? And how do you know? So there's all these things that we all can think about and... Um, so that's how I use my Oracle deck. It's just guidance, you know. It gives me mm -hmm. the little constant, the little notches to, hey, think about this. Right. I I can see like pulling a card in the morning and then say authenticity came up. That would be something to pay attention to during the day. Mm -hmm. Are you being authentic in your connections with other people? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Hmm, and it's I just, like you know, yeah. So that's why I call them friends in the box. They're really, they're really gentle. And you, if you have two decks, how are they different? Okay. So the first one is, is the activations deck. They're both activations, but and the second deck is more towards relationships. So the second one I wrote also with the idea of how does this, for instance, the card authenticity, I hmm. also then write about like, how does this show up in your relationship? And how important mm -hmm. is it in your relationships? So I use the first deck mostly um, or usually as um, to look at the foundation. Like if I have a question or I have something that I want more insight in, I often start with the first deck to lay the foundation. And then I do the second one to see how that um, applies to my relationships. And mm. relationship, I mean, we are in relationship with everything, right? With, with others. Right but also mm -hmm. with ourselves, with our bodies, mm -hmm. with money, with the earth, with nature, with our institutions, with you name it. So, yeah, really being a human being is about right. being in relationship to everything exactly. on the planet and yeah, in exactly. the universe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you can use them, you know, you can use them as one big deck. Sometimes I mix them all together and then all of a sudden I have like hands full. It's a little big because it's 88 cards <laughs> all of a sudden. <laughs> That's what I thought, actually. Wouldn't it be interesting yeah. to mix them together? Yeah, well, I designed them that way. That's why the boxes are uh -huh. kind of similar. That's why the color on the back of the card is the same. So mm -hmm. when you use them together, you, you, they look like they're one deck. Okay. 
Interesting. And I'm going to come out with a modern Merlin um, Oracle deck, and that one is going to be a standalone. It's going to look completely different. Oh, how is it used differently? It is used differently in the sense that that whole deck is going to be just like the book. It's going to um, guide you also in the prompts and the questions and in the writing towards how the concept in the deck is going to help you to uncover and spark your magical powers and how to help you in manifesting the things in your life and the people in your life that you truly wish and desire. So it's all going to be about magic and manifestation. Oh, nice. And yeah. and when is that going to manifest itself? <laughs> <laughs> I have uh, I have all the cards and I have most of the writing of the cards, but I still need to write the book. So we're planning for um, probably getting it, getting it to the printer somewhere this year. And it, it probably won't be out until the end of this year or the beginning of next year. Mm-hmm. It's a long process to hold. Oh, I can I, I mean, I can't even imagine. Yeah. I mean, th- that to me, that sounds like such a big project. And, uh, you know, I guess you'd, you'd really have to separate it out into tiny steps, right? Yeah. Otherwise, I yeah. can see it, it would be overwhelming. Yeah. I mean, there's so, there must be so much to it. Well, but it grows, right? I mean, my body of work, I, I started this um, right, after I, um, right after I got divorced in 2011. So this has been okay. 10, 10 years. That's when mm. I really started getting into, you know, learning about sacred geometry and making my activations. And then in 2016, my first deck came out. So it took two years to create that deck. So I started that with 2014. So, it, but it, it mm-hmm. adds up, right? Because Modern Merlin is actually, was the logical step because for years I tried to figure out what is this all about? Why am I making all these sacred geometry images with all this writing? I have so much to share and I have this understanding how everything fits together and why. And Mm -hmm. I should be talking about this so people can understand it too. So now my sacred geometry art and my Oracle decks have become um, a tool and a part of the whole modern Merlin work. Mm -hmm. So it's a tool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Lon, what about your website? What what can people expect? What do you have on your website? Oh, there's so much. It's a very big website because <laughs> <laughs> I do so much, right? So You're right. Um, yeah. So you can find more information about my Oracle decks. You can also find a lot of information about soul portraits because I love making soul portraits because that is such a sacred and intimate journey that I get to go on with people and really dive into who they are, who they are at their essence, um, and what they are carrying in that essence and in their soul this lifetime. Because I truly believe that we all come to this earth with different skills and different qualities, right? Mm -hmm. What you came with is very different than what I came with. So, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I also believe that I can put not only an image on that but i can put a word with that like this is your superpower this is your word and then i Mm -hmm. write about it so you can find examples of all of that and um, more information on my website and of course there's a lot of information about uh, modern merlin the book and then the book became a course so now it's an online course as well that people can do just from their own home in their own pace and it follows the book 
but it's all video presentations of me talking about each chapter and mm -hmm. it comes with a workbook so and the workbook is going to give you all kinds of exercises and prompts and things to think about and journal so you can take nice. that whole journey even deeper mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. wow there is a lot there well i have I to say what what really <laughs> intrigues me is the soul portraits <laughs> mm, well maybe maybe it's this year it's maybe your year to do yours that would be amazing to see what you look like and what i'm you... thinking that <laughs> yeah you know what then that would be really fun to um for the for your listeners as well to hear that experience you know firsthand because it's a whole journey. Oh, right. It's a whole bunch yeah. of um, sessions that you do as well. There's sessions at the beginning, sessions in the middle, sessions at the end. You get like a guide that you can, how to work with your soul portrait at home once you have it. And it's it's going to change your life. Oh, my goodness. That does sound interesting. Okay. Well, that's something that we will talk about off the <laughs> recording. of Absolutely. Because that could be that could be interesting as a way to do it uh, so that some of it could be shared with our, our listeners. Yeah, that would be really fun. Yeah. Hmm. That's an interesting concept. Okay, cool. So uh, what is your website, my dear? Um, it's long-art. Oh, well, there we go. Okay, so a dash <laughs> for the website and an underscore for Instagram. For Yes, because on Instagram, for some reason, long dash art was, I guess it was taken. I have not really looked. Really? But, <laughs> yeah, no, I had no idea. But Or maybe Instagram didn't do the dash. Maybe that's what it was. I don't think you can do a dash on Instagram. Oh, okay. Okay. And is, is it dot .com? Yes. Lawnart.com. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So we've got lawn underscore art for Instagram, lawn dash art dot com. Correct. Did you tell the audience? I know you told me, but did you tell what your what your full name is and why you use just lawn? Why don't yeah. you? <laughs> so, yeah, so yeah, it's a funny story because in in Holland, for some reason, we name our children like really, really long names. So my my birth name on my birth certificate, my name is Regina Eleanor. And my last mm -hmm. name is Van Griethuizen, which <laughs> makes my complete name Regina Eleanor Van Griethuizen, <laughs> which in even in my country is is a lot. But especially uh -huh. to do that here in an English speaking right. country, I get the deer in the headlight kind of look, you know, when I try uh -huh. that. <laughs> so where does so, lawn come from? I, I probably from Eleanor. So oh. th this is what they do. They actually announce the birth like in a newspaper, just like what they do here. So they say mm -hmm. like her name is Regina Eleanor and we call her actually the whole name is Lonneke, which is L-O-N-N-E-K-E. -N -N -E. And then oh, Lon okay. is short for Lonneke. And I thought wow. that this was pretty common until I started traveling and I found out that it's completely <laughs> absurd and incredibly impractical. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's funny. But because I got naturalized and I immigrated to the United States, all my paperwork was based on my birth certificate. So I couldn't change my name because in order for me to change my name here, I would have to change my name in Holland first and then go through the process again. Right, right. So yeah. I decided like, you know what, I'm just going to go with long. That's like... 
So when I yeah, start- I think it's great. Simple, easy. We all can. I mean, even I can remember that. <laughs> right. Yeah. So when my first Oracle deck came out, I was talking to Richard from Beyond We're Publishing, and they're like, "Okay, what are we? What are we going to call you?" And I'm like, "Can we just do long?" And I think it's very um uncommon, right? Most authors mm-hmm. and they will always have two names, and I'm like, I really don't know what else to do. So now I'm long or I'm long art, which makes the most sense. Right. Interesting. Right. Well, Lon, this has really been a very fun conversation. I've really enjoyed this. Um, is there anything else that you would like to share with the listeners before we wrap up? Oh, I can't believe that it's already been an hour. Um, I know. It's crazy. Right. To talk about multidimensionality, right? It's actually a topic mm-hmm. in my book where I talk about time and how the way we perceive time is actually very magical because time um, and we know all that now, right? Because mm-hmm. time can mm-hmm. fly by or time can drag on. So, right. yep, this is a really good example of like time magically flew by. Right, right. And it's my understanding that it, it's really an, an earth thing that right. time is linear. But um, otherwise, it's it's all one. Um, yep. And I, I know that's kind of hard to really, since we're you know, we're inculcated in linear times from birth, right? But that that past, present and future are all are all one. And, and there are various timelines. Yes, you know, that are, I think most people probably have have experienced that, like, you know, when you're when you're really doing something that you truly enjoy, like you're deeply involved in something creative, or maybe you are deeply in love with your partner, or you're sitting in meditation, like all those experiences always skew our, our um, experience of time, right? Mm-hmm. Time all mm-hmm. of a sudden stands still, or time flies by, or time... So, uh, and I think that's that's because we we go into an inner space. We move into an inner space where we where we are in those moments, and time doesn't exist there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. Oh, this has been so well, fun. I know. <laughs> I feel like once again I've made a new friend. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, okay. So everyone, I. Um, Lon was telling me before we started the recording that she uses Instagram a lot. And that makes sense to me because she's an artist and that's such a good uh, venue for art. So I think that's a really good place to uh, really get to know her work and to get to know her. And then we have her her website, uh, which is a lot. She has a course. She's got the book. She has the Oracle cards. She has a lot of things to offer. So um, check it out. And thank you so much, Lon, for a really fun conversation. I've enjoyed this myself, and I hope the listeners have too. Yeah, thank you so much, Lenny. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you so much, Lon, for a very enjoyable conversation. It really was a lot of fun for me. Remember, the podcast website is realjanine.com, where you can listen to and download episodes. And as always, remember, Janine is J-A-N-E-A-N. And please subscribe. I'd really appreciate that. 
You can also listen to slideshow videos currently on BitChute. And remember to subscribe while you're there. And you can also get little, um, uh, little reminders when a new video comes up. Do you know someone who would find my conversation with Lon inspiring? I'm sure you do. So please share the love. And as always, take care and be welcome.